Is this guy tormenting him? Yeah. Okay. Drink the the person's ashes with water, and then they're like, "Okay, you're fine." <laughs> Everybody goes back to being normal. Hiya, strangers, and welcome to Half-Assed History, the podcast where two embarrassingly unqualified people teach you about a topic. Get ready for some mildly incorrect information and a lot of side tangents. This is Half-Assed History, and I'm Cola, and today I'm joined with. Joined by my brother, Matt. <laughs> joined with? Yeah, no, joined by. Which, at least I could remember the word joined today because I truly could not think of that word this week. Was yes, like, you, was such you a sent struggle. me a text <laughs> and, I, and I responded with the correct answer, but you had already figured it out. Like right was, before. I, yeah, it was... Oh, it was really bad. It was one of those things where you just needed to actually ask yeah. The question, and then it came to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common. Uh, it was, that's the worst I've ever had it where I could not think of it. Cause I had already been trying to like say a phrase that that word would be in. And I had tried so long before I finally texted you and was like, I can't think of this stupid ass word. So I'd already been struggling for like a solid five minutes, like not being able to think of this word. I was like, it's right there. Why won't it come to me? And then I was like, yeah, the word was joined i couldn't right. remember the word joined yeah it's a one syllable word it wasn't like a big three syllable one but i get no. it it just left my brain i don't know i yeah. have no excuse i one time forgot what carrots were <laughs> i was 10 but you know it happens is all i'm saying don't shame me <laughs> no shame i'm just saying like that i'm just you know that's that's what happened but i was about maybe nine you know <laughs> Um, but it's okay. Like I, I was hungry and I was like, mom, what are we having for dinner? And she was like, we're having blah, blah, blah. And carrots. And I was like, carrots, carrots, (laughs) carrots. Like I knew the word, but there was no image to go along with that. It was like, what the hell are carrots? (laughs) And finally like, at least the, I just forgot the word and it's just like, oh, it's right there, but it won't come to me. You literally forgot what yes. something was. <laughs> I totally forgot. It's like, I've heard this carrots before, but what are they? Oh, no. <laughs> and then it came to me. But yeah, like forgetting words all the time, like I'm one of the worst at that. So I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. Uh-huh. No shame. I can usually, at least, if I can't think of the word, I can usually come up with, like, a synonym for it. But I was like, I can't Absolutely. today. I could not come up with one that for joined. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, anything uh, eventful happened to you this week? Um, we're still dealing with the aftermath of the earthquakes here. The building that I work in, which was built in, like, 1945. Uh, actually, probably, like, 46. It's a very old concrete building. It had some significant structural damage so i have like no home at work so we've uh been trying to figure out what to do with that but it looks like i'm going to get a desk to sit at finally so i can like email people and customers and whatnot and actually like do some actual work so it looks like that'll happen next week so things are starting to progress um it's been a month since the earthquakes but like pretty crazy like it's yeah uh pretty interesting to be like ground zero of a natural disaster 
Are they still going on? I mean, I know that they're small ones, but are they still hitting? Are you still getting like threes and fours every day? Uh, not threes and fours. It's um, twos like all over the place, you know, but it was, uh, gosh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. It was as I was getting ready for work, I was sitting on the bed, you know, sitting up on my bed trying to uh, wake up to start getting ready for work at like sure. 5 a.m. And uh, and this one like hit and it hit hard. And it was only like a 3.5, um, but it just like hit so hard. It was like, oh, where's it going from here? And it was over and you're like, okay, all right, back to it, you know. Because yeah. you never know if like that 3.2 is going to turn into a 4 or a 5 or a 6 or even a 7, right? Right. Um, so you're just like waiting, like, well, where is this going? Because as hard as that one hit, sometimes they're a little more rolly, but this one hit like hard. It just felt like, you know, a car ran into the house. Jeez. Um, yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, that was uh, that was it. And then you just get ready and go. But yeah, it's been several days since there was a three. Still twos all over the place, which is really weird. But um <laughs> Are you seeing that? Yeah, so perfect. <laughs> oh my uh, god, taxidermied animals. Uh, yeah, poorly taxidermied animals. I'm sure everyone, poorly. the people that I know at least that will listen to this, will know this meme of like the worst taxidermied fox in the history of the world that's sitting up, which is already like unnerving. And then the meme is like when you wake up in the morning and sit on the edge of your bed, like, and then it's just this like raggedy ass <laughs> taxidermied fox. So when you said you were that, sitting up on the side of your bed, that's all I picture. Totally. And um, that's basically what I look like in the morning because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> no. And yet my job starts at 6 a.m. Nothing I can do about it. So mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. On a side note, Going back to taxidermied an- taxidermied <laughs> animals. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen the taxidermied lion? It's like from the 1700s. It was a dude that like killed a lion. He was from Sweden, and he brought it back to a taxidermist up in Sweden, who like those people had never seen a lion, <laughs> but all he brought back with this was the skin. <laughs> no. And he did you look at it? I have, I have seen this, but I completely yes. forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that shows you, like, if you just have the skin and a mild description of what a lion looks like, this is what you get. <laughs> I've never seen the profile of it. Oh, no. Oh, it is oh. so incredibly crazy. Yikes. Oh, bless. Okay. Take a drink. Get nice and tipsy. And then teach me something. So what I'm going to teach you about today is stuff you probably already know about, but um, it's fairly interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about like vampires and Dracula. Oh yeah, like where yeah, that yeah. comes from. So sorry, it's nowhere near Halloween, but this is what I decided to talk about. Well, I was going to like save it for like a Halloween episode, but whatever. You know what? By the time I get these out, it might be Halloween. Who knows? <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. So hey, this is your Halloween special. Hey, so. hey. Well, wait, yeah. real quick. So okay. are you going to talk? Well, obviously, if you're going to talk about Dracula, you're going to take us over to Romania, right? Absolutely, which you have been to, so go ahead. No, I was just very excited because I've been to that (laughs) castle. It was so cool. Okay, anyways, that's all. Continue. Teach me. 
actually uh, no no you have actually been to the region of transylvania it was yeah. way cool was yeah we went cool. to yeah anyways we went to the castle and you walk through and they have of course because it was lived in until just like a couple of decades ago like it's not super crazy old i mean it is but it's not like preserved old so they have like furnaces yeah. and all sorts of weird stuff um but then they have of course oh. yeah all of these uh what do you call them like big in- information things and they they tell you everything about uh-huh. where the story comes from and all that stuff but i did not retain a ton of it because i think we just toured so many castles that they all blended together at some point so it's oh. like i know the story but i also like you will definitely be able to teach me things that i have completely forgotten about so okay yay so let me ask you this like um was you t- you said you toured a lot of castles so were they all in that region yes well so yeah. we flew into romania and then we drove we basically road tripped all of romania and so we went we yeah. hit a bunch of different cities and we saw different palaces and castles and stuff and by the end of it everyone all of my friends are european that i was with and so by the end they were all like we're so sick of castles because they are constantly around them and you know right me little secluded american was like i want to see more like i was like no guys we can't be done i need more castles because they're so cool yeah. and we just don't we don't do castles um what's interesting and it's it's sort of a side note here but you know i'm so into like the military side of history like that's where i started to delve into this yes and like the region here which nowadays we call the balkans it wasn't called that but it's just southern it's southern southeastern europe europe basically so that area was like just constantly at warfare like all the time and like alliances that everybody would break and they hated one person but they would side with them to like take over you know to like uh uh have a battle with their other enemies and it was just this constant um constant battles going on and just a crazy area and a crazy part of history and this goes back to like roman times like this area was like never just like okay we're cool to like (laughs) just sort of coexist like this is one of like the most heated areas like in all the world so it would it would make sense why there were so many castles like i'll bet like almost every town had a castle because chances were like you were gonna get invaded at some time so yeah yeah there were because the stuff that people don't really realize is that not every single town had a castle like they might have uh, a little region where like your magistrate or even a, a local lord would like live in some sort of a makeshift castle sometimes it was just like um like a wooden wall with like oh. you know a wooden keep in the middle and that was it Great. But like in southeastern europe like they were probably like pretty substantial um fortresses because at some point someone was going to invade you someone that you had just like made an alliance with you know a couple years ago and all of a sudden they decided to like side with your enemies so that they could take you over like it was just crazy nuts over in that area so so um i will delve into this a little bit i will say maybe it's kind of a spoiler but I thought like delving into like vampires and Dracula, 
I would find like some more like substantial evidence where like these sort of uh, folklore myths and stuff came from. Basically, like there's never been any recorded <laughs> thing ever of someone being like sucked dry of hmm. their blood, oh, okay. right? Like yeah. never. Okay. Like that is not fair. I was hoping to find like <laughs> something, right? Where like someone had been like had a couple like you know pock marks in their yeah. neck or their stomach or something, and they had no blood in them. Like it's never, ever, ever, ever happened. Where everyone was just like, "How did this happen?" I don't know. Must have been a vampire. Yeah. but no. Okay. Must have been a vampire. Okay. No, usually like vampires are associated with just being like undead, like um and tormented like family members and stuff like never was there any kind of like vampire scare was like wow you're like sucking people dry like never ever ever at least in my research um i didn't find anything which like that which you've done half-assedly <laughs> oh yeah i spent like a good you know maybe three hours oh like, wow <laughs> yeah and, and like nothing in my research that had anything like this okay so. You know, what's interesting, though, is I never thought of that because I've heard a couple different theories of like why they thought vampires were a thing or like where they uh, like where the kind of myth came from. But I never even thought like because I yeah, I haven't heard that either, that they found somebody just like drained of blood. But it never even crossed my mind that that was like a weird missing piece because like, yeah, obviously it would be. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but you would think, like, to get this vampire myth that we have today, right? Yeah. Um, and all the movies are pretty consistent in that respect. Yeah. Like, it's like they the are sucking thing. your blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That has never, ever, ever, ever happened. Yeah. There's, yeah, because even on the, the uh, myths that I know of, like, why they thought they existed, it never talks None of none of the reasons have to do with blood, which should be like nope. the only reason. <laughs> right. We thought there was something out there. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, sort of legends about vampires go back to like pretty much the beginning of history, like as far back as you can go. But again, they weren't bloodsuckers. They were more just like undead people. The only reference to anything that was sort of like blood sucking was specifically with demons. Okay. Never about like people that were undead, never about, you know, people that had been possessed. It is just specifically about demons. Hmm. And that's in like Mesopotamia, uh, Babylon. There's Chinese myths that go back to that. Every single one of them is about like demons and spirits. Okay. Nothing about people or people possessed even. It's just specifically with demons. Um, and that goes like way back. Like it's it's not even in like modern demon folklore, right? Okay. So pretty much, let me see here. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the only thing with like blood sucking. So pretty much our, our uh, let me just go into like the Dracula thing here. Um, and, and probably people know this, like the term Dracula, which became popularized in like the late 1800s from certain novels and stuff that came out of England. Like they borrowed the name Dracula, which is completely historical. Like there was a guy named 
Dracula. Like it wasn't his given name. His his name was actually Vlad, mm-hmm. and he was in the region of Transylvania, which is modern day Romania. But they didn't really call it. There was sort of Romania at that day, but like I was talking about earlier, like this whole region of like the Balkans was constantly changing. It wasn't like, (laughs) it wasn't very clear, like England and France and Spain. It was, it was always changing. And you sort of had these regions and different cities would be taken over by um, one country or the other. And sometimes like uh countries would just spring out of nowhere and they would be like a, a little tiny like city state and you know run by a, a a count or some duke there and they would fight off as long as they could and then someone would come over and take them over like i couldn't imagine living there because it was pretty much like inevitable that you were going to get taken over at some point and and there was this constant policy of like scorched earth which if you know anything like if you were getting taken over um so you know an army would would come over and they knew that they were losing and they would retreat and what they would do is they would like burn all the farmland behind them (laughs) which the farmers were like hey bro like not cool (laughs) but they would just burn everything behind them so like the incoming army would like take over the region but it would be basically worthless to them for a while because all the crops and everything were dead so this was very common so as like could you imagine like being like a peasant or a farmer in that age and like you just knew like eventually some army is going to come through and like kill everybody and if they don't kill everybody they're going to kill your crops which means like you're just going to die a slower death so it was such a crazy region for like hundreds of years. They're like, guys, it might be time to move west. Because <laughs> you know it's coming. So we'll just go into like the etymology of like Dracula. Mm. So we get our term Dracula, which authors in the late 1800s totally just took over and were like hey this guy is dracula and they wrote books about it and everything but he was a real dude in history his name was vlad dracula his real name was vlad back then they didn't necessarily have last names in that region sort of in western europe they had sort of gotten into the idea of like having a last name but in eastern europe specifically southeastern europe they didn't have last names you were just known as your first name vlad and if you were um if you had built up a name for yourself they would have sort of a title or a a nice nickname title (laughs) that they had given you yeah a nickname exactly that's exactly (laughs) what dracula was was a nickname so vlad was technically vlad the third meaning he was the third ruler with that name vlad so his his uh his dad his father sorry (laughs) his father was vlad the first and he was known as vlad dracul Mm -hmm. and and i believe it was romanian at that time this is like the mid early to mid 1400s dracul in romanian meant dragon oh okay so this is really interesting dracul means dragon so Vlad Dracula was actually Vlad the Third. Dracula means son of Dracul. Okay. That's it. 
Okay. So Dracula just he he kind of borrowed his father's name and became son of Dracul, Dracula. Okay. Which is what that meant. That's it. That's all Dracula means. Okay. Is son of the dragon, right? Great. But rad. <laughs> but the first guy, Vlad Dracul, Vlad the Dragon, he gets that name because he was part of a Catholic order and today like you could sort of think of like uh if you've heard of the oh crap (laughs) (laughs) drink more brandy (laughs) i know right hang on let me take a a sip here it'll come back to me okay Okay. so i remember the templar knights the knights of templar right i don't remember why i was talking about them because (laughs) because um vlad dracul his was given a nickname dragon okay so, um, okay. the Templar Knights were an order of the Catholic Church, and this Dra- Vlad Dracul was known as the Dragon because he was part of an order of the Catholic Church as well, which was known as the Order of the Dragon. What it was, it was like uh, just an order for like people in an order of the Catholic Church. You'll have to look that up. I don't want to really go too much into it, but it was just like... It, it was basically the same as like the Templar Knights. There was all kinds of orders. They still have them today. They're not as militaristic, obviously, but that's where that sort of comes from. But this order was for only aristocracy. So people who were like of uh, noble blood and whatnot that were part of this. And what they were created for was to hold back the Ottoman invasion. You know, the Ottoman Turks that had been going on for hundreds of years and encroaching into like christian domain like that's sort of the whole history of southeastern europe as well is like you have this catholic and christian battle going on constantly and not only like christian you have the catholics and you have the greek orthodox and there was like several different sort of like greek orthodox orthodox christians so you had this crazy sort of religious battle going on as well as regional battle like the place is just effed up. Great. Not to mention that in the 1200s, the uh, Golden Horde, you know, the Mongolians oh. under Genghis Khan, had also taken over the region. So you had this crazy mix of, like, everything going on. <laughs> like, right. It's such a rich history. Now, by the time by the time Vlad was around, the uh, Mongols had been pushed back, and they were basically not uh, a threat anymore. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. But... That history was still part of that. And anywhere the Mongols went, all they left was like destitution. Right. Yeah, it wasn't good. (laughs) Not good at all. There was like some very strong countries that had been taken over by the Mongols. And even today are like just a wasteland. You decimated from it. Yeah. Uh, And uh, you shouldn't use that word. (laughs) Decimate? Yes. Why? Uh, So... Uh, deci, meaning a tenth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, means that the population was just reduced by a tenth. But we see it today because it's been, um, sorry, because it's been sort of bastardized. We see oh. decimate as like, oh, totally destroyed. Complete destruction. No, it just, yes, it just means reduced by a tenth. And it oh. was actually a Roman policy of decimation was like, hey, we took over this town. They don't seem to like us. So we're just going to kill like one out of every 10 oh, people. All right. And it would be decimated, reduced by a 10. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's the true meaning of the word, and you shouldn't use it. If you really mean like totally destroyed, you should mean like annihilated. Okay, there you go. Just use the word destroyed, but decimated. Like it's it's just been bastardized, and we shouldn't use it. So anyway, my um, mind is blown. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Dracula comes from Dracul, Mm -hmm. meaning dragon. Um, Vlad's dad got that nickname for being the order of for being in the order of the dragon and Dracula got his nickname because he was the son of Dracul so it's it's the same as today where um, Norse languages have someone named John's son there was a dude named John his son his son was John's son right so that's it that's, um, that's that was of, your name that's one of the best jokes in Thor and like I think it's in the original Thor is there's like the uh-huh. agent Coulson and he literally calls him son of Cole. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it, you like don't really pick it up and unless you've like seen it oh, a few times awesome. and then you're like, wait, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that is so fantastic. <laughs> Cause yep. that's literally what Coulson yep. means. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. I don't know if I picked up on that. It's been years since I watched the original Thor, but wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so cool. There's my film yeah, degree so... coming in useful. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, Dracula is really like the most rich history we have for like anything close to a, a, a vampire. Okay. Um, but he's totally not no. a vampire, unfortunately, or whatever you want to take from that. So, gosh. I mean, there, there's such a rich history for Vlad the Third Dracula, Vlad yeah. Dracula. But really, like, he was just known as, like, a brutal dude. Right. And the area of, like, modern day or, okay, let's just say Transylvania. It's a very, like, ambiguous area. It's not a country. At some right. point it was. Basically, it's just kind of a region with, like, a bunch of towns. Um, only at, at like a couple times during history is it actually its own country. So one of like Dracula's Vlad the Third Dracula, um, one of like the things that gives him the most notoriety throughout history is there was this area of Transylvania, and it was known as the Saxon Transylvania. The Saxons, you know, you know, are like original British mm-hmm. uh, or English peoples right you know of like the normans and the saxons right Mm -hmm. so this would happen all the time in like medieval history people would be like this place sucks and they would move like thousands of miles to like settle in a new region so they started in england and they were like this place sucks the normans or the you know vikings are taking us over so we're just gonna move and they went all the way over to modern day romania and settled this little area and it was known as saxon transylvania but they were ethnically english people okay so vlad didn't like these people sure (laughs) and wanted to take them over and he uh went through a bunch of their cities and whatnot and when he went through he would do this this practice which was fairly common in that era which was called impaling mm-hmm. and what they would do is um they would drive stakes through people to kill them instantly or sometimes 
not so instantly. Yeah. Like, they would take, like, several days to die. And I don't know if, like, this was covered in any of the stuff you saw in Romania. Sure was. But impaling was fairly common. And there was all sorts of different ways to do it. Yeah. But the Ottomans kind of practiced it. And the Balkans sort of practiced it. But it was in that... And that time frame, like, you know, 1300s to even up to the 1700s, it happened all the time. And it was sort of a a means of capital punishment sometimes. But sometimes it was just like you would go through, capture a town, and you would just impale everyone. Great. Um, Sometimes women and children as well, you were just like impaling everyone to be like, yeah, I'm the new ruler here. If you don't, if you got a problem with that, like, you can be impaled. Great. Like everyone else. And people would be like, no, nah, I'm fine, bro. You're the ruler. That's cool. Like, I don't want to be impaled. Didn't they do it sometimes, um, like, around the castle, too? Kind of as, like a, like, a warning? Maybe not, like, a threat, but, like, as a warning of just, like, this will happen to you. Look at our Absolutely. people we've killed. <laughs> so, um, Vlad, you know, Dracula had a, f- a few instances of when he was actually the ruler. And, and what... He- his country was called Wallachia at the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a country anymore. Right. It's basically part of um, Romania nowadays. But Wallachia was a country for a couple centuries. And he was the ruler of Wallachia. But he wasn't like a consistent ruler. He would get in, he, he would he would be in charge for a while. And then when he'd be taken over... And he'd have to create some alliances with somebody else, gather someone else's army Great. under him, and go in and take over some other cities. Like, just crazy stuff. Like, it, it, it's not a clean history like we yeah. have in, like, Western Europe or, you know, like, sort of our stupid understanding of medieval warfare like you would consider, like, Game of Thrones nowadays. Right. Where, like, there's these... There's these like consistent, very clean lineages, and that's who is in charge. Like in southeastern Europe, it was not that at all. Okay. Um, you were basically like, you were like, hey, I have this uh, hereditary title. Uh, so if you want to throw like some troops behind me, like I can take over this stuff. And, and maybe some other ruler would be like, yeah, sure, bro. Like, go for it. And you Great. can, like, be our ally. And then, like, uh, 100 or, or, like, 10 years later, it would be completely different. And you'd side with somebody else. So, crazy history, right? Nothing like Game of Thrones. So, Game of Thrones is bullshit. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. Yeah, it really is. It really is. After that we'll last season. we'll get into season. that right now. Total yeah, bullshit. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get into the half-ass history of Game of Thrones eventually. <laughs> there you but go. For right now, no, we ain't touching this. Mm. So I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, other than like Vlad was not a consistent ruler, even in Wallachia. Like he had three different time frames of rule. So in the mid 1400s, Vlad was like, uh, I don't like these saxons who are in transylvania so i'm just gonna take like all of them over and he went through there and that's where vlad got his nickname another one of vlad the impaler and he went through all these cities in uh transylvania and was like ah yeah you guys don't seem to like me too much so i'm just gonna impale anyone who doesn't like me and um that's where you get these pictures of vlad like dining 
on like a table like eating food around all these people who are being impaled (laughs) so there's a little bit of embellishment there because at this time the printing press was invented oh okay. so vlad may not have the notoriety that he has today if it weren't for the printing press okay and what the printing press did was allow like this idea this this sort of legend of vlad to spread throughout western europe so everybody knew who vlad the impaler was or vlad dracula yes and it it spread everywhere and you had um this image which was included in this this book that was mass printed of Vlad just like dining next to all these people being impaled. We actually don't know if it was that bad or how much embellishment was included in this because yeah, it's embellished, but yet South Eastern Europe, you couldn't really embellish some of that stuff. Yeah. Like they did horrible torture to each other. I won't even go into some of it, but just horrible absolute terrorizing torture on each other right very common like this area was like so fucked up at today's by today's standards like i mean yeah yeah Uh, and that's just as far as i will go (laughs) so we don't know exactly how bad vlad was or how much of it was just like totally embellished and a lot of it has to do with the printing press and that's why vlad has like such a um, lasting name throughout history is because of that because his his uh, fame spread far and wide because of this ability to print everything that he did and distribute it amongst the commoners so very interesting and we you know vlad was definitely a bad dude yes maybe even a psycho but we don't know like how much of one because um of of how much like propaganda got that got spread about him so that's that's pretty much it like um sort of like an easter egg of history here is vlad fought against the ottomans at a time where there was this ruler called and i'll try to say it as accurate as i can mehmed oh yeah the second yeah he was the guy that finally took over constantinople the ottoman turks had been going against this place forever and Constantinople was the center of the Eastern Roman Empire. So Rome was huge at one point. Its capital was actually Rome. But at some point, Rome was so big and stuff started happening, it split into two. And there was Western Rome and Eastern Rome. Western Rome was Western Europe and the capital was Rome you know in italy today and then the eastern or the eastern part of rome the capital was in constantinople oh okay yeah so constantinople is where the center of greek orthodox is or was it's not there anymore and uh this place was like the center of eastern roman christianity Okay. And in 1453, this ruler Mehmed the third, the the second, sorry, Mehmed the second, was from uh, Turkey, basically modern day Turkey. They were called the Ottoman Turks. He comes in and finally takes over Constantinople. Constantinople is like one of the most crazily fortified cities it was like basically impossible to take over like the turks had tried it like several times before they finally took it over and so this dude was like 
he was like he's pretty significant in history he took over constantinople he continues to go through the balkans and at some point vlad fights him totally like kicks his ass and um impales like 30,000 of his people then he uh kind of meets the main thrust of mehmed ii's army and he's like okay like i'm gonna retreat but he does the scorched earth policy and anywhere he goes through there like there's anyone who's like sort of allied with the ottomans he impales everybody (laughs) in the city so mehmed ii is going through these areas and he's like this vlad guy like this dude is crazy like i'm not gonna be able to take over he's not playing (laughs) he's not playing he's he like he actually has respect for this dude he's like anyone who would do this is like a badass like i don't know how i'm ever gonna take this dude over and he's got like a force of like two hundred fifty thousand dudes like he is like he has so much army behind him and he's like this dude is nuts like i don't know if i should continue and there's this little you know couple little battles that go on and eventually like vlad is his army's destroyed he tries to get like some support from like the hungarians and the bulgarians and all these people and really nothing happens and eventually vlad has a battle and he's killed so kind of just like kind of anticlimactic how vlad dracula is finally taken out but that's it so um there's some instances in history of like vlad being such a bad dude that he would like impale people and drink their blood and that's right. sort of where we get this idea of like the modern day dracula but we don't even know if that's true right yeah so and i thought maybe you'd mention it or, but you didn't but the um there's and i can't okay so i read <laughs> i read dracula in 11th grade okay and, and who was this by uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's mm-hmm. Dracula. Okay. Um, and so everyone is like, oh, that's where he got the inspiration. And it's all based on Vlad the Impaler and all this stuff. And it's like, sure, not really, actually. Um, like, yeah, the name, but anything else. And they even talk about it when you go to uh, uh, the castle that there's this one like view from the castle that looks down onto this like kind of like a field kind of. Um, And that's Uh at the very beginning of the novel, they talk about like this view and people marching up it or I don't know. Cause again, I read it 15 years ago, but um, it's like this pivotal scene in the novel that they kind of make a point to talk about. And they're like, Oh no, Brom Stoker just actually visited the castle and saw this. And that's where he got the inspiration from this. The book really has nothing to do with Vlad the Impaler, but everyone, of course, relates it back to him because of the name Dracula and then this one scene. But yeah, they're not yep. similar. But um, no, I I've heard a bunch of stuff about this over the years, obviously, because that's just people are interested in it. And I grew up in the weird emo generation where everyone was like super into vampires and weird yeah. shit like this. So. <laughs> So I, I've heard a bunch of stuff, but it's like not really a lot of it. I don't retain, but the most informative thing I've ever heard on this, even more so than going to actual like Vlad's castle was um, <laughs> Charlie Hunnam, who is the guy like the main character from Sons of Anarchy. 
place like Jax, I think his yeah. name is. Yeah. I don't really, I've never cared about him. I was like, I don't care about Charlie Hunnam, whatever. But he was nope. on an episode of, <laughs> yeah, no one cares. Actually, a lot of people like him, but I just never understood it. They but, do. But he no. was on an episode of the Nerdist podcast when it was still called the Nerdist. Okay. And he talked about how, and it, this episode actually made me like him. I was like, Charlie Hunnam is kind of dope. But he talked about how <laughs> he is, truly, um, how he's obsessed with the story of Vlad the Impaler. And he, like, actually broke okay. down the whole history. And he was like, I desperately want to make a movie about, like, the actual historical facts about this dude rather than these, like, Ugh. exaggerated things. Because And he, like, walked yes. m- walked everyone through like or he walked um chris hardwick through like the actual history of like no man this dude would literally just like light fire to his own crops and the other armies were like what the fuck is he doing like they had never seen anything like this before and he was just completely crazy and i was like oh man i so want like a realistic vlad movie to be made like a good one and we still don't have it they're always very sensationalized but yes so weirdly enough Charlie Hunnam, Jax from Sons of Anarchy, taught me the most about <laughs> Vlad the Impaler. More than history, more of him from Stoker, Jax. <laughs> yeah, Jax, long-haired hippie. More like, than going know, yeah, to the actual castle. He's the one that's going to teach me history. <laughs> Truly. It's actually, it's a great episode. I've list, I listened to it um, a couple years ago again because I had mentioned it to somebody else and was like, it's actually a really good episode. And then I had wow. to go back through and re-listen to it to make sure I was right. And I hadn't just remembered it being like great and it sucked. But it's really, it's really good. So you can find it on YouTube. I or, will check that one out. Or yeah, anywhere else absolutely. you can find podcasts. It's actually really cool. And it actually made me like Charlie Hunnam because I did not care about him at all before. Well, Sons of Anarchy is terrible. It's, um, mm, yeah, it's not great. But, you know, you, you got to stake your claim on something, right? So I'm glad that it worked out for Charlie Hunnam. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing nowadays. Maybe researching Vlad and trying to get some producer <laughs> to, like, pick up his script. But <laughs> Can someone please? Can this be? I just, I don't understand why nobody's actually done it. I don't understand either. Like, there's such, like I said, there's such rich history there. Yeah. It is so incredible, the history that goes on in the Balkans. Yeah. And nobody does anything like it. Uh, just a side note, <laughs> and I'll try to do it as quick as I can. Go for it. Netflix came out with a Marco Polo <laughs> series a few years ago. It was so awful. <laughs> It was so bad. It was so incredibly terrible. You take like a person, Marco Polo, who's like such incredible history. He actually meets like one of the cons of Mongolia and is like taken in and like taught everything about this culture. And they take this story and they totally bastardize it (laughs) and it was so disappointing i couldn't even make it through the first season and seriously like i think it only lasted a couple Mm -hmm. seasons because everyone couldn't take it through (laughs) a couple of seasons everyone who knows nothing about anything was like this is stupid i remember i remember you watching it Ah! and just being i remember getting texts from you just being like what the hell like you just hated it (laughs) i hated it there was like almost nothing historical about it almost nothing Ugh, it was so bad like 
why do we have to embellish all these stories? They are so rich and pure as themselves. Yeah. Just tell the freaking story. It's so good. It wrote itself, man. Like, it, it shouldn't be that hard. Ugh. I compose myself and continue. So that's pretty much all that I have of Vlad. Okay. Um, I could continue to go, but it's it's sure. just all about Vlad and nothing about vampires. Sure. So we're going to stop right there. Okay. So um, Vlad was basically in the region of Romania, mm-hmm. you know, modern day Romania, which is a country. Yes. They have their own language, their own culture. Romania still to this day has this idea of vampires. They call them Strigoi. Oh, yeah, Did yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? Yes. 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 Now, Strigoi was uh, sort of popularized by the, by the, uh, the, um, sorry, the series The Strain, which came out uh, yes. maybe like 2012, 2013, okay. something like that. Yeah. And it lasted for like three or four seasons. It was a really good series. And for some reason, they were like, yeah, we're done at like season four. It was uh, pretty good, though. Yes. Not anything really with like uh, what we know of like Strigoi. They were more like a hybrid of like vampires and zombies, which kind of is closer to the Strigoi idea. But kind of a good series. I'd suggest watching it. I liked yeah. it anyways. Like maybe a lot of people hated it. But I think a anyway, lot of people liked pretty it. Pretty good series like The Strain. Yeah, it was pretty good. Del Toro um, did it. so Or he like produced it. So that's always good wow interesting i I don't know if i i knew that that's the whole reason it piqued my interest is i was like what (laughs) yeah i will watch this seriously he did uh, a pretty good job of it um it was pretty interesting um but strigoi goes back to like uh at least the first mention of it is like you know late 1500s but it had probably been around in that region like way before that we just don't have any like solid proof or like any documentation but that idea probably existed well before that okay but strigoi were like nothing like modern day vampires or even anything that was like portrayed in the strain so that's where like my link to the strain is going to end great like it's not going to continue from here so the strigoi were like these normally people who were basically like undead and would normally like torment their family members just to reiterate again there was nothing about drinking blood absolutely nothing anywhere about strigoi ever drinking blood ever feeding off of live humans nothing okay they were basically just undead people and sort of where the myth this idea that comes from is anyone who knows hamlet yes which was like yeah so hamlet was around like 1400s 1500s um written by shakespeare what happened is people would bury their loved ones in the dirt Mm -hmm. and they would decompose and like a year or two later they would dig up their bones and um they would put them in like a crypt or something okay very interesting right Mm -hmm. nothing as we know like funerals today right no like we want to preserve the corpse as long as possible we put in a a, uh um a coffin we put like a cement lid on top of it so nothing comes up like we want to preserve the corpse as long as possible back then they were like we want everything to decompose we just want the bones left and we'll put them in a crypt so and if you remember hamlet 
Um, I can't remember the guy's name that he's talking to, but if you've ever seen any sort of like play of Hamlet or the one that was actually made by Mel Gibson, which is actually pretty compelling, mm-hmm. I would, I would um, consider watching that. Yes. Like, um, he's holding up a skull and he's like, ah, oh, this guy, like I knew him well, mm-hmm. right? And it's he's traveling to the grave of that person where the um, crypt keeper is digging up the bones that are completely decomposed at this time. There's no body, no flesh left. It's just bones left, and he's taking them away. So that was a pretty common practice around that time. You would bury someone, dig them up, and put them in a crypt. So this idea of like a vampire comes from like they would bury someone, dig them up, and they're like, dude, this person ain't composed. Like, they're still alive. This is weird, right? So that's where like the the sort of myth about vampires sort of kind of started like it's it's very um okay there's no way to really pin down like vampire myth but at least in southeastern europe this is where this idea comes from specifically like strigoi okay and it's they would dig up these people and they would still be like they would look like normal a lot of times they would see most people were skinny back then because there wasn't a lot of food and they were constantly being taken over by like other armies so like people weren't like super healthy back then so they were always like uh kind of skinny and what would happen is they would dig up this corpse and it would look fat and modern day we know that like what would happen is like you're decomposing gases are happening like you're getting swollen up it's actually um making you look like fatter than normal so like dude what the hell like this person looks like better than they did when they were alive which really shows like what a shithole region this place was (laughs) historically (laughs) because when you're dead you look better than when you're alive yeah not great for some reason the corpse didn't decompose as well as like some other ones did so you saw like these effects of like um this these gas excretions happening where it would swell the body up what would also happen is like any sort of like blood left over would be um squeezed out around your mouth or something and it would look like fresh blood was happening around your mouth and you're like that and and they were like that person wasn't buried like that they had no blood around their mouth and now they got blood around their mouth and they're fat this person is actually like undead and they're going around digging themselves out of the grave and like feeding on alive people okay and that's what they thought side note no one ever 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 was dead who had been fed on (laughs) but yet they were they jumped to that that (laughs) they jumped to that there had never been an incident like hey this person had the blood sucked out of them hey, this corpse is like alive and undead and has blood around their lips. Let's make that correlation. No, all that happened is they were like, this person is fat and has blood around their lips. They must be feeding on alive people. (laughs) Beautiful. We don't know where these alive people were. Nobody's missing. Nah, everything's fine. But like, yet these people must have been, these dead people must have been feeding on them. Not even other, like not even animals. They weren't just like, oh, they must have got out and like eaten some cattle. No, they jumped straight to humans. They were eating other humans. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Sure. So that's basically the thing about Strigoi. Now, it was 
very like prevalent in that time where like people were worried about Strigoi. It was like a couple instances of like people doing like crazy things and you know killing people and having riots and stuff uh, uh, this idea of like Strigoi being around but it was always associated with like corpses being looking like they had not decomposed it was never like you know there was this instance of people disappearing and being sucked dry blood never it was just like hey we're digging up this corpse and like people look like they're alive it was always associated <laughs> with that wonderful but regardless, people came up with these ideas of how to keep the Strigoi away. And I'm just going to say, as like a modern person living in the 21st century, it sounds made up. <laughs> but they would have all of these ideas of like, you know, well, if you um, do something around your threshold, they won't come right. there. You know, this. But one of the most... Um, universal things is using garlic mm -hmm. which is where we get that idea today yes. right like garlic is used to ward off spirits and it's probably because it was just like a very aromatic thing and they figured like yeah this stuff like lasts forever like that'll definitely keep spirits away sure <laughs> so it was really not a scientific process but you know in fairness let's say people start disappearing today and we're like how do we keep people away right like you're not gonna find a bunch of instances where like vampirism happens and you can scientifically like deduct what will keep them away <laughs> <laughs> even nowadays right where we actually know the scientific method so back then they're like we don't know what the scientific method is we're just gonna come up with these ideas that sound okay and that's pretty much like what they use to keep streak away away from them beautiful it was pretty much just like whatever anybody came up with. yeah <laughs> but garlic seems to be like pretty universal yeah it's weird it's a weird one yeah probably just because it like really smelled really bad and they're like that'll definitely keep like spirits away i yeah. <laughs> i wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that like garlic actually has a lot of um healing properties and I wonder Perhaps. if it's one of the things that they were like, this makes us keep living. So dead right. things don't like it. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. I have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no one, probably not even the people back then. So um, the idea, just to go back to like Strigoi briefly, mm -hmm. like our modern day understanding of vampires is like this like kind of like debonair, like really like smooth talking, like, you know person with like an uh, an english accent yes <laughs> right uh nothing like that like vampires were described as like looking rutty which i would consider like maybe like pockmarked and stuff okay and they were like dark skin like purplish like they look like dead people right so you could almost consider them like uh, like a recently turned zombie yeah like that's what the idea that's what of, i was thinking of um yeah and usually like for some reason their eyes were still okay but their nose was like rotted away and Ooh. if you go to like Ooh. the strain which i said i wouldn't bring up again but i will um they for some reason like all those are like basically depicted as like not having a nose that like really so it, it grossed me out i don't know why but that really affected me that like gave me chills right to like shake it off and I don't well, know why it gave me such like a visceral reaction, but it did. It was very well, gross. 
I mean, think of like Michael Jackson without I a know. nose. Like it's just a, it's just like a pit in the in the middle of your face. Yeah, like, like this is not what we're used to. No, I don't like yeah. it. But also, like, I'll go a little further Great. with that. Um, like, uh, they didn't have noses, but sometimes they would have a tail. Oh, great. And sometimes they would have hooved feet instead. Of course. So they were basically, like, turning into, like, another animal. Like the devil. Which is... Exactly. Mm. So um, when I go, let me go back to like Vlad Dracul. Mm -hmm. Like Dracul means dragon, but in modern day Romanian, Dracul basically means devil. So it kind of goes with that same thing, like serpent, devil, snake. It's it's all the same kind of like idea. All bad evil things. Yeah. So kind of interesting. So. I'll go away from like Strigoi and Dracula and just kind of go into like a brief thing of like modern day vampires, mm. which is like fairly underwhelming. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Like is I was this? hoping I would find like some crazy like link to like actual vampires, bloodsuckers. Mm. Like basically the closest thing I can find is like the Chupacabra, which oh. is not anything humanic at all. It is basically like some. Yes crazy like coyote demon, thing they think weird thing yeah yeah and it basically means goat sucker yes. like it doesn't that's like literally what it means mm-hmm. is goat sucker it, it has nothing to do with humans no. so again there's really no evidence of anything ever being sucked dry by some sort of blood-sucking creature of a human how disappointing how very disappointing. Okay, is this going to be a callback to episode one, though, where I mentioned the vampires in New Orleans, or did you not get into them? I, I You know, Because they're very so underwhelming many... as well. It's seriously, <laughs> like, so many things are very underwhelming. So I'm not even going to go into that. And Fair. this pretty much just wraps up what I'm going to say. Mm. Like, the closest thing that I can pretty much come up with is in the country of... Malawi, uh, sorry, Malawi, which is in Africa, around like Rwanda, South Africa, kind of those regions. Mm-hmm. And this is in this is interesting. As recently as 2002, and then again it happened in like 2010. Okay, there was like this weird vampire uh, rebellion. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't vampires rebelling. It was people like having riots. Because they thought that vampires had happened in that country. And in 2002, 2003, they actually like captured the gov- one of the governors of the regions oh, and no. killed the dude. Because no. they were like, you're conspiring with vampires. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. So that's like the most compelling like modern day instance of it. But still, there's like no evidence of like anyone being sucked dry or anything. It was just like, there's these vampires. We should like riot. It was just this, and then like, it happened again in 2010. So it's just so, like a horrifying group think of everyone being like, no, 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 man. Vampires must be doing all this shit. The I governor's in like, cahoots with them. <laughs> absolutely. I think it's just a very compelling evidence of like mob mentality yeah where people are like yeah that's happening let's kill these people you know and a mob goes through and they really have like no idea what's happening but they're like here's the governor we don't like him kill him you know the dude actually died so it's pretty crazy terrifying 
And then in Romania, which is like where most of this modern day idea of like vampires come from, as recently as 2004, like there's these people in Romania who go back to like the ancient ideas of like what a vampire is and what you need to do. Mm. They have done it as recently as 2004. They're like, hey, this this like person who's dead, the relatives say like he's still tormenting them. So what they do is they go to the person's grave, exhume him, dig him up, cut out his heart, burn the heart, sometimes burn the corpse. Oh, yeah. And, and then they'll take the ashes and be like, is this guy tormenting him? Yeah. Okay. Drink the, the person's ashes with water. Cool. And then they're like, okay, you're fine. <laughs> Everybody goes back to being normal. Like... This still happens as recently as 2004. In fact, Romania around this time was like, oh, yeah, like we should be part of the European Union. And the European Union is like, you still like dig people up for like being (laughs) vampires. And they're like, no, we don't. Like, we're going to pass a law. Like, opposing all of that <laughs> no no that was that was and so years they opposed ago. they made a law where like it made it illegal to like exhume, exhume graves and kill people for being vampires so really like nothing has happened as far as like vampire stuff and since like 2005 but romania like kept these mm-hmm. ideas of like what you need to do to kill a strigoi <laughs> Bless Romania, the most magical yeah. place on earth, truly. <sighs> and that's basically where I'm going to end, like, sort of half-assly, because huh? I didn't find anything that was, like, cool enough to be like, vampires exist, no. dude. Like, basically, like, nah, there's nothing that shows me anything like this. Well, so you there's, there's one thing that you didn't touch on that I had heard. It could okay. be wildly incorrect because I've done no research on it, but I had always heard that one of the reasons they thought um, vampires existed is because like, yes, when they would open up the graves, people would still look preserved, but also not only that, but that um, occasionally there would be like nail marks as if they had buried somebody alive. Yes. Um, But then that was super rare. But the main thing was that, people's hair and nails would still grow when you die. They still grow a little bit. Yeah. And so people would be like, they for right. sure aren't dead. And so that was always the thing They're that still I heard. Alive. Which, if you look at, like, a lot of vampires in older fiction and stuff, they all have, like, long hair and semi-long nails, which are very creepy. It's like, right. don't just cut them. But, right. yeah, so those are the, the only, like, other things that I had heard of. And I had always heard those things and was like, Okay, I can see how if you were back hundreds of years ago and didn't know any better, you'd be like, this is scary and sketchy. But I had never thought about the fact that, like, did they ever have reports of them drinking people's blood? Like, where did that show up from? Like, which you kind of touched on, but I never thought about it before. Yeah, so um, I did run into some of the research on that of, like, them finding evidence of people trying to claw out of their coffins and whatnot. Like, and... Uh, basically like that was just an instance of like someone possibly being in just a coma Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah this person's dead and they buried him and it must have happened like very recently after being buried 
where they woke up and they were trying to get out because obviously there's only so much oxygen inside of a coffin so this happened this is like very recently after being buried Mm -hmm. like so terrible but they also buried people a lot sooner than they do nowadays because there was an embalming Mm -hmm. you had to like get rid of that corpse before it starts stinking so they would wrap it up put in a coffin and have the funeral like very quickly like it wasn't convenient nowadays we're like yeah we're all working during the week so uh saturday right seems like a good day to have a funeral <laughs> put them on ice and balm him we'll be there saturday yeah right. yeah yeah keep them around till we can all get off work and get together and mourn <laughs> like you know wasn't like that back then no. they were like we need to get this uh this freaking stinking corpse into the ground immediately <laughs> which like one of my biggest fears ever in my entire life is being buried alive and people oh, sure. people will be like that's a completely irrational fear and i'm like sure pretty much yeah sure for the most part but don't tell me it doesn't happen because it does. I don't People. think it happens nowadays because well, they embalm you. At that point, true. you would die. <laughs> but I also just mean like in general, like crazy people that kidnap you and bury you alive or like being sure. in and like, that's why I don't like going in the lava caves in St. George. I don't want to be trapped in there and buried alive. Right. That is a, like a huge fear of mine. But so then anytime I read that, I'm like, that makes me like my skin crawl. That freaks me out so much that you would then like wake up and then be like, how do I get out? Like, oh, no, I can't. I can't do it. It's the worst. Yeah. You're just dark. You don't even know where you're at. Do you know you're in a coffin? Probably not because it is absolutely pitch black. So you have no idea. You're just trying to get out. Obviously, like one of the most terrifying things ever. Luckily, you're going to die of lack of oxygen before like you can really process what's going on. Because it is so uh, finite inside of a coffin. But um, people around here, where I live, it's in the desert. There was um, all kinds of gold and different kinds of like mineral ore and stuff. Mm -hmm there is like crazy mines all over the place here like you have no idea like you'll be on a trail and sometimes the blm has like made a fence around there and sort of filled in the hole but usually not and you can just like walk up to this hole in the ground and fall like 100 feet it happens all the time no um people go in and they'll like explore these things and they'll use ropes and try to be as careful as they can but it's like how do you know like the earth isn't gonna like collapse around you like it yeah. totally could like have you seen the descent yes yeah i watched it at your house <laughs> and that's my thing though too is like a that that movie is actually i don't know i'm sure a lot of people think it's really cheesy that movie freaked me out but it's also because i have like it a freaked me out. terrible fear of being underground i don't like it um right. but that's always my thing of of like there's these monsters that you know kill them and i'm like oh i don't care about a monster like yeah it would be absolutely horrifying of course it would scare the shit out of me but i'm way less worried about a monster that's gonna kill me quickly than i am about having that like knowledge and understanding of i'm screwed i'm down here right dying i'm gonna starve to death i'm gonna die uh, from lack of oxygen like this is it i don't want that knowledge at all that sounds terrible right have a monster eat me whatever (laughs) Absolutely. I'm going to give you options on what you want to hear about today. Uh, Nice. Yes. So because I'm ahead on my research, because I'm trying to be productive while I'm motivated, I'm going to give you not the actual topics, but like the 
realm of them. So I have two different articles on animals. So you can choose like animals. One is on a person and then one is on a government uh, conspiracy. So you can kind of choose what you want to listen to. Also, the government conspiracy is one that like a lot of people know about. It's not super uncommon to hear about it. So it's not going to be anything groundbreaking. So when you say animals, Mm -hmm. there's two options. Do I have? Okay. I have an option of animals. Mm -hmm. Is one of them a panda? No, but it should be. (laughs) Uh, One of them. Okay. Continue. One of them is a bird. One of them is a fish. So bird, fish, um, Mm. badass uh, actress lady who also did a lot of really important things in history or uh, government, uh, not a conspiracy. It's like government cover up sort of not really it's probably if you think of anything like shady that the government has done back a couple decades ago it's like it's that topic that everyone kind of knows about well i work for the government right (laughs) and that's as far as like legally i can say right so So this is all public um, knowledge obviously it's not gonna well yeah clearly because i did a shitty google search of it all so it's not gonna be anything groundbreaking i'm not uncovering yeah. documents of like guys guess what but i think like legally like probably don't talk about i can't it. like i can't like be like publicly mm-hmm. saying stuff about the government it's it's very interesting I like i'm allowed to be political and stuff just like yeah not specifically it's weird sure so that's totally i'm just fine. gonna avoid that mm-hmm. one and then um which i actually appreciate because i kind of feel like you would end up knowing quite a bit about it or it's probably something that Uh you do know something about so it's going to be a boring topic for you anyway okay so you got a bird you got a fish and you've got this badass historical lady you know um i like birds are like one of my favorite animals oh or uh one of my favorite kingdoms sure of animals but I don't know. I kind of want to hear about this badass historical actress Great. person. Because she's okay. my favorite. Okay. Great. This is fun. I'm very excited. Okay. Let me open this up. Fantastic. So, I'm going to talk to you today about Hedy Lamar. Do you know who that is? Uh, it sounds familiar, but okay. I don't know. I have been obsessed with her for, like, years. And the whole reason I was obsessed with her is that, like, when I was 18, 19 years old... I had my own apartment and I decked out my room with like this really nice black and white quilt. And then I was like, I just want to put up, I had this big poster of Marilyn Monroe and I had one of the Rat Pack. And I was like, I just want to keep with this theme of like black and white, old 50s, 60s kind of stuff. So I looked up like old, old 50s, 60s actresses, whatever, to keep with that theme. And I found this picture of Hedy Lamarr and I was like, she is stunning oh my gosh because a lot of them were like Mm -hmm. betty davis who is very pretty yes or like elizabeth taylor but like yes everyone knows her it's not as fun it's like another marilyn monroe and i was like i don't know who this lady is if i print her out it's gonna make me seem a little bit more cultured like i know things which i didn't know shit about anything so printed her out she was on my wall for a long time and i was like she's awesome and i learned some of the history from her but i didn't know like half of it so Let's get into it. All right. (laughs) She was a, like, stunning Austrian-American actress from the 30s and 40s. 
She was born in Austria on November 9th, 1914 as Hedwig Ava Keisler. And she she was born into like a well-to-do Jewish family. She was the only child and her father just basically doted on her and encouraged her to look at the world with open eyes. So he was like a very like wonderful, caring father that, you know, just wanted her to experience things and love the world and people, which is great, especially given the time that she was born. So he would often take her for like long walks where he would discuss the inner workings of different machines, like the printing press or streetcars. So also just like 10, 10, uh, you know, 10 out of 10 for this father. Like what a champ. Yeah. <laughs> like just badass. These conversations guided Lamar's thinking. And at only five years of age, she could be found taking apart and reassembling her music box to try to understand how the machine operated. Meanwhile, Lamar's mother was a concert pianist and introduced her to the arts, placing her in like ballet and piano lessons at like a very early age. So she's got this like wonderful artsy creative side happening. And then she's got this scientific engineering side as well, just bringing her up, which is rad, like the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Which I actually then just wrote basically the best upbringing ever. <laughs> so Yeah. So she was discovered at the age of 16 by director Mark, or nope, director Max Reinhardt because of her beauty. So again, she was stunning. Uh, she acted in a f- yeah. film called Geld auf der Straße, which basically means money on the street in 1930. But it wasn't until two years later where she gained recognition for her role in the uh, controversial movie called Ecstasy, hmm. which this is the information that I knew about her because I only looked up her her like acting stuff back in the day. And it wasn't until years later that I learned all the other badass things that she did. But she was basically the first full nude scene in the history of film. So. Wow. And even this this scene compared to like films nowadays, it was pretty chaste. She basically is just standing naked. It's nothing super, like super crazy. But anyway, so she eventually got married in 1933 to a guy named Fritz Mandel, but it was like really short lived. And she once said, quote, I knew very soon that I could never be an actress while I was his wife. He was an absolute monarch in in his marriage. Not even in this marriage, in his marriage, which was like, ugh. I was like a doll. I was like a thing, some object of art, which had to be guarded and imprisoned, having no mind, no life of its own. So you can imagine, like, with her upbringing and her just wanting to, like, know everything and be creative and, you know, her father just being really encouraging to, you know, go and explore all of these things, having this really tyrannical husband would be just horrible. So uh, she was incredibly un- right. unhappy, as you would be. And she was always, like, forced to play host and smile on demand among his friends and uh, scandalous business partners, some of whom were actually associated with the Nazi party. So he was basically just a giant piece of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can't find it now because I also probably just did a really shitty job of researching. But (laughs) when I first learned about her and learned that she was, like, the first like nude scene, I had read that this husband then went out and bought every single copy of the movie so that oh. nobody else could see it. Like literally went out and right. you cannot, you could not find it. Yeah. Cause he was crazy. So I couldn't find that again, but I read it like 12 years ago and who knows? Yeah. Let's see. Where am I? So she had married the guy in 1933 and he was awful. So in 1937, she actually fled to London 
uh, when she was there, she was actually introduced to this guy named Louis B. Mayer, who is of MGM Studios. And she got mm. a ticket to Hollywood because, yeah. Hmm. What year was this? 1937. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, that's pretty uh, convenient. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Super. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I don't know if you know how, like, the studio system worked back then, but, like, if it, it oh. wasn't like you just found you weren't just like discovered and they were like be in my movie it was like the the studio owns you basically you're under contract with the yes. studio to produce movies yes. for them which is crazy yeah there was no like uh you know i did this movie for paramount then i did one for like 21st century mm-hmm. fox like it was just whatever my agent said it was like you didn't have an agent the studio was your agent mm-hmm. and you just continued to work for them until whatever mm-hmm. right so yeah, you were contracted with like a certain number of movies. Like I think Marilyn Monroe. Yes. I don't remember who it was with. Maybe MGM. Who knows? Uh, but she was like contracted to do seven movies or something, and mm-hmm. she never fulfilled that. But Ooh. yeah, well, she died, so you know. Oh, how terrible! I know. Spoiler. Alert. <laughs> if you didn't know, one of the most famous deaths <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. Spoiler alert. I guess so. <laughs> back to Hedy Lamar. Yes. Cause she, look, I, I love Marilyn Monroe. I think she's pretty cool. She's very interesting to learn about. Cause like her family was super messed up and you know, just the studio system back then and fame and all of it. It's very interesting, but, um, but she was also very troubled and like Hedy Lamar was like straight up just a badass. So, which we'll yeah. get into. So she made a bunch of movies while she was in Hollywood. Um, The most famous is Samson and Delilah. So if you know that one. Oh, cool. Yes, that's her. And she was reportedly the first choice for the heroine in Casablanca, but that eventually went to Ingrid Bergman. So I don't know why I didn't dig into it, but she was the first choice because, again, stunning. So. Yeah. Hedy Lamar even dated Howard Hughes, but you never hear about it for wow. some reason because, okay. like, I don't know why, but I've I've heard quite a bit of, about Howard Hughes and I've never known that. But wow! So she dated Howard Howard Hughes, but she was actually like really interested in his desire for innovation, which makes sense. She had a very scientific mind, and um, she didn't have that release for it in Hollywood. Like the creative side of her and everything was great in Hollywood, but that scientific mind that her dad kind of nourished was just not being fed anything basically. So Hughes gave her a small set of equipment to use in her trailer while she was on set. And she also had a table set up at her house. So basically like science became her hobby, which is awesome. So Howard Hughes actually took her to his plane factories and showed her how, how uh, the different planes were built and introduced her to the scientists behind the processes. And she was so inspired by Hughes's desire to create faster planes. She bought books about fish and birds and looked up the fastest of each kind. She actually sketched out a new wing design for Howard Hughes. And when he saw it, he said, you're a genius. So. Wow. Yes. She is rad. She just keeps wow. getting cooler. She created an upgraded stoplight and tablet. Wait, she created an upgraded stoplight. I don't know what that means. She created an upgraded A tablet is what I think I was going to say. And I don't know where that got in there. So she created, hang on. The Galaxy Tab 5. <laughs> I think. No? No, no. Oh. I think I must have been typing something else. And you know when you're like in two tabs and you think you're typing in one, you're typing in the other? I don't mm. know. Basically, 
She yeah. created a tablet that dissolved in water to make soda similar to Coca-Cola. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. She was just like, here's... I'm down. Here's this, like, crystal light tablet that we have nowadays, but it's going to taste like Coca-Cola, which, like, where is that? Because I need that, please. Where... Yeah, where is that? <laughs> Please. How many calories does it have? <laughs> true, true. So she was just like very innovative and rad. But the most badass thing about her, and this is like one of the big things that she's known for other than being an actress, is in 1942, during the height of her career, so she's just like flourishing in Hollywood, she and her friend composer George and Thiel, hopefully is how it's said, received a patent for an idea for a radio signaling device or a secret communication system. Okay. Um, and Thiel said that, Hetty said that she did not feel very comfortable sitting there in Hollywood making lots of money when things were in such a state because it's 1942. So, huh. She had sat through dinner parties with her asshole ex husband where he discussed Nazi weaponry and she basically just took all of that knowledge that him and his scumbag buddies were talking about and she was like, I can't speak. I can't do anything that I want. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to learn from each of these people what the Nazis are doing. Because, of course, we know, even though they were the scumbags of the earth, they were also very intelligent, very smart with all their stuff. So she basically Mm -hmm. sat there and, like, took in all of this knowledge. And because of just, like, her love of science and was like, nah, bro, I'm basically going to do something against you guys. So this thing that they got a patent on this radio signaling device was basically a means of changing radio frequencies to keep enemies from decoding messages. Uh, it was okay. originally designed to defeat the German Nazis, but um, it became an important development to tech to maintain the security of both military communications and cell phones nowadays. So hmm. it's like still being used. The intention of these devices was to help guide torpedoes to their targets And even though it worked, the Navy decided against implementing their new system because like, I I don't know. And they're, they have, they like, don't really give any good reason for it either. Like there's no reason, which is incredibly frustrating, but she eventually became an American citizen and her patent expired before she saw any money from it. But I don't really think it was about money for her because she was making bank in Hollywood and she just wanted to like help out so she wasn't instantly recognized for her communications invention even back then and its wide-ranging impact wasn't even fully understood until like decades later so in 1997 lamar and anthiel were honored with the electronic frontier foundation or eff pioneer award and that same year lamar became the first female to receive the bulby nas spirit achievement award which is basically considered like the oscars for inventing huh so in 1997 so it took 53 years 54 years whatever 55 45 55 i can't count help um (laughs) so uh she was also inducted into the national inventors hall of fame for the development of her frequency hopping tech in 2014 so it took 60 years for her to be recognized for this stuff and she is she has even been dubbed the mother of wi-fi and other wireless communications like gps and bluetooth and what she died in florida on january 19th 2000 at the age of 84 so basically the entire reason that you and i are able to hop on skype and chat and record this and talk to anyone on our cell phones or bluetooth or figure out where the hell 
like we need to go in life or how the pizza boy is going to deliver a pizza to us is because of Hedy Lamar, And no one knows what? about her. No. And she was a... That is stupid. Badass lady. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what was her... Did she have any sort of formal education? I don't know. Uh, I don't believe so. Because okay. she was found uh, at like 16 years old for Hollywood, but... That's pretty young, yeah. Okay, I am... I just Googled real quick, just to check. Uh, and it says that she mm-hmm. attended schools in Vienna and was sent to a finishing school in Switzerland as a teenager. But again, it's all teenager stuff. I don't think she had anything past, like, a teenager. How bizarre. Yeah, although... So, so here's um, another thing. Although Lamar had no formal training and was primarily self-taught... She worked in her spare time, unlike all of these scientific hobbies. Because, again, it just became a hobby. And she was like, I just want to do cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, before the age of YouTube, where you could just look anything up, like, you had to learn it out of a book. So it's amazing that she was able to somehow understand these concepts back then and then take it to the next level and be like, yeah, I just invented this thing. Yeah. And the fact that, like, she's completely overlooked in the Howard Hughes uh, story like kind of annoys me because I love the fact that yeah. like Ava Gardner is known for like uh, dating Howard Hughes or I don't think they were ever married but and she was always just no. like she never wanted his money she never wanted anything and he always wanted to impress her and she was always just like it's it's fine like I'm here for you right. and then even uh, what's the other ladies uh, Catherine nope yeah Catherine Hepburn yeah like y- you know all of these people but it's like and yeah, they were there. You just kind of know their story of like how they dated and stuff. But like Hedy Lamar was actually like, oh, this is interesting. I'm interested in your scientific mind. I'm actually going to go do additional research and come back and bring you things that can help you. Like it wasn't just, yeah. a- and you know, probably not the best person to date because she's probably just more fascinated with his science than him. But still, it's like, it's so overlooked that she literally was like, I just found a way to make this faster and better because I didn't research planes and aerodynamics. I researched birds and fish and figured out how they go faster. Like that's so innovative to Hmm. me. Like, and she's so looked over and it sucks because she's cool. Very interesting. Yeah. You've sparked my interest here. I've maybe heard the name, but not anything in regards to anything you just mentioned. So, wow. I, I will say that like in that era, Austria, Switzerland, the Germanic states, crazy amount of like science was coming from that. Like yes. after the age of enlightenment, you know, they had broken away from the Catholic church for the most part, Austria less so, but still like they had ventured into like science is where we get the modern scientific method and whatnot. So I can see like her being at least from that region, why she would have that sort of drive and whatnot. And you know, it wasn't like super common, but they would have um, female students in these universities and whatnot. In fact, like uh, uh, Einstein's first wife was from, I think, Serbia, which was sort of near that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like in the same university that he was in. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know if you like looked her up or anything while I was talking or anything, but this is the picture that I found that I just sent you. It's oh, like yeah. her in a hat. And I was like, this is one of the prettiest pictures I've seen from back in in that day. Like, she just looks stunning. And I was like, yes, this will look great on my wall. And then, you know, you learn all of these super cool things about her. And you're like, yes. Like, I love it when there's this, like, beautiful woman that 
people only look at them for like their beauty and then they're like oh no oh no you have no idea and then they end up being incredible like literally what she created helps us nowadays like it's being used in wi-fi and bluetooth and gps like that is wild to me so yeah i absolutely love it like nowadays like a pretty person male or female but specifically female would just be considered to be like oh you should be a pop star because mm-hmm. like maybe you're pretty and have a good voice right. and it's like well maybe i'm pretty and just side note like i'm super smart mm-hmm. so I wish there was more of a push to get, like, more females into the area of, like, STEM Mm -hmm. stuff, science, technology, engineering, all that. But a lot of times females don't go into that. So when they do, I think it's great to, like, you know, encourage that. So it's, it's cool that, like, in the 30s and 40s, at least it was happening for this woman. And... On top of that, she just happened to be, like, stunningly gorgeous. Right, yeah. (laughs) True, it helps. Good for her. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for that, Howard Hughes would have been like, neat, (laughs) you're fugly. (laughs) (laughs) True, he probably would have paid no attention attention to her at all, so. Pretty much, It does, I mean, it does help to be pretty. It really does. Yeah, certainly. But um, (laughs) I will say that's one thing... uh, Regardless how anyone feels about Victoria's Secret and their CEO or their models or whatever, because I don't care. But uh-huh. that's one thing that they started doing, or at least they did a couple years ago. I don't know if they still do, because I don't watch the Victoria's Secret fashion show. But I did watch like one year randomly. And so they have all these models. And they do like a little intro to each of their models, like a kind of behind the scenes thing. And they were like... Adriana Lima can basically kick anyone's ass because all she does is she loves to take like kickboxing and any of these kind of classes. And she's like super in shape and super fierce. Like she loves to be super physical and fight and learn all these different things. But they got to Carly Kloss and they were like, she knows how to code. Like that's what she likes to do in her spare time. She has learned how to code. And I was like, that's rad. But then you never hear about it again. So I was like, I got to give them props for at least like, uh, pointing it out, but then like no yeah. other publication gives a shit. And I'm like, talk more about no. the fact that Carly Kloss has learned how to code because that's rad. And people that are looking at these Victoria's Secret models as these like stunning, beautiful women, which yes, they are. And that's totally fine. But like show what else they have to offer because they're all like, we're all people who have awesome things to offer, but nobody pays attention to that. <laughs> so like show more of that, yeah. show more of these interests in STEM or, you know, anything really. I agree. Never do. Yeah. So, it's disappointing. No, cause I had no idea about that with, uh, that Lima girl. I know who she is, but, um, I didn't know the other one you mentioned cause I don't know who cares about Victoria's sure. Secret anymore, but interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only know who she is. I, the only reason I remember who she is is because she's like good friends with Taylor Swift and I just can't escape Taylor oh. Swift, but I don't like her. No offense. Yeah. She's just not for me. Right. So, um, right. but they're like good friends. And so I can't escape her. She is married to, she just got, or, well, Carly Kloss just got married to Jared oh. Kushner's brother who owns like Oscar health or okay. whatever it is. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, fun. I just know that so, Lima used to be, Maybe they weren't married, but they were at least dating, like her and Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, early 2000s. Really? Pretty sure. Fun fact yeah. about Adriana Lima, she stayed a virgin until she got married at 28, because she, wow. she was like, she's very devout Catholic. 
<laughs> Do you know where she's from? Is she she's from, from Brazil? Like, Port- or sorry, yeah, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew Portuguese, so I said Portugal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, because every Portuguese person is either named Silva or Lima. <laughs> so I knew that's what was going on there. So there you go. <laughs> Not Giselle Bunchen. <laughs> she doesn't count. Is she from Brazil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's Brazilian. Wow, I did not know that. Basically, Victoria's Secret wow. was just like, let's go to Brazil and pick up everyone in the early 2000s. They're like, they're stunning. Let's just go get all of them. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. So totally not on topic for my lady, but also badass women. So sure, I guess. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wish more people would know about Hedy Lamar. Absolutely. And we owe her a lot. And I love the fact that she married this dude and was just like, you're a complete dickbag. Like, I can't stand you and your shitty Nazi friends, but I'm not allowed to talk. So I'm just going to sit here and listen to you assholes talk about everything because you don't think I'm listening and you think I'm a woman and it doesn't matter and you can talk about all this stuff. And then, you know, in less than a decade, I'm going to I'm going to build these things that can actually completely like win the war against you like that's so cool wow yeah like i don't even know what to say like it's it's a really a shame and i think i mentioned some of this maybe in the last podcast but how some of this like history Uh stuff is just completely lost and you don't hear about it and it's like why are we telling like the same old stupid boring stories yeah especially in this age where it's very important where like there's this multiculturalism and everything like hey here's an idea like actually tell us about some of this multiculturalism instead of like this stupid stuff that you usually hear about yeah like there's so much more there and i'm not saying like learning about george washington is stupid because i think he was like a very absolutely incredible person Mm -hmm. but in conjunction with that there's also some very interesting people that are significant to history. I'm not talking about just coming up with someone in history to like make it multicultural mm-hmm. diverse. I'm talking about, hey, actually talking about the people who did have yeah. an impact. It's not like you have to search this stuff out or, or that it's not significant. Yeah. Um, for some reason, you do have to search it out, but it's very significant stuff that should be taught and it's not so yeah you i guess you brought it up it's it's in the first episode and i only know because i've listened to it 400,000 times trying to edit it um <laughs> so many times but you mentioned black history month and you're like yeah like right. they're important people but we learn about the same people like we really do it's like i learned about uh martin luther king and right. martin luther king jr and i learn about malcolm x it's like those are the two right. big ones that you learn about and it's like I mean, even now, I cannot even tell you. I'm sure there are other people that I've learned about, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. I don't right. like you don't learn about any of them, but no. I can. Um, in my last like Rosa episode, Parks too. Frederick yes, of course. Douglass. Yeah, Frederick Rosa Dar- Parks, Douglass. Right. But Frederick, and that you do hear about Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass, but you don't really hear about how awesome that dude really was. True. So yeah, and it's like I guarantee you, there are hundreds, probably thousands of other people during any of these time frames that we should like that we should be celebrating during black history month but we just stick with like yeah. the, you know the three to five people that everyone knows and everyone else is kind of forgotten yeah. and that's very sad so it's like yeah yeah let's try and teach people about these other ones yes martin luther king was incredibly important no, it's not taking anything away from him to learn about other people that helped the cause so 
Totally. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be taking anything away from anyone if we heard about more things from women's history. So Yeah. Especially something like this. Like, what an interesting story. Yeah, and no one knows. I should have done way more and talked for way longer, because I'm sure I could have, because she's awesome. But she's wow. she's easily, like, my favorite actress of, of like, the time. Like, if anyone ha- had to ask me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, her. Okay, well, thank you for listening to us ramble on about so very many different things <laughs> instead of just the topics that we chose. Um, this has been Half-Ass History with Cola and Friends. I am Cola. This is Matt. And uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully you'll come back and listen to more. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs>